What's going on, Coastal Community Church? How are you guys doing today? You guys doing good? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're joining us today. Can you guys help me welcome everybody that's watching online and everybody at our Lighthouse Point location? Man, we love you guys. We're so glad that you're joining with us today. We believe that God is going to do something incredible in your life here. And, and before we dive in today, let me just say something to everybody that's here at our Parkland location. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we, we offer a 1245 service because if, if you haven't noticed this or not, but uh, this service and our 1015 service are this service is almost at max capacity. Our 1015 service today was at max capacity, which means that if you invite your friends and your family and your coworker to church, we don't have room for them. And so what I'm going to ask of you as your pastor is I'm going to ask, if possible, if you can make a switch to another service that is not 1015 or 1130 so we can, so we can accomplish our mission of making it hard for people to go to hell but making it easy for them to go to church so we, they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. And it would, be, it would be a huge help to us as we're continuing to grow. And listen, we only have to do this for a short period of time. We're about to have a lot more seats here in, in the next couple of months. So it's, I'm just asking you to sacrifice for a little bit so we can have more of your friends and family experience God. And for all of you guys at Lighthouse Point, I'm sure we're going to have the same thing coming up for you guys here soon. But right now, I will bribe you to go to 1245 service with pizza and ice cream after that service. So you want a free meal, you want to get fed spiritually, and you want to get fed physically, come to the 1245 service. I will do whatever it takes to get people in that service. Anyways, today we are beginning a brand new series called your best self. And what we've been doing over the this year is I really felt like God told me a word in the beginning of the year for our church, and it's the word of health, and that the goal for our church is that we become the healthiest church in South Florida, which means that as individuals, we got to become the healthiest individuals. And so we've been focusing on, on the different aspects of health. We've been talking about our spiritual health, our emotional health. We've been talking about our financial health, our relational health. We, we're getting into this best life, your best self challenge when it's going to deal with your, your physical health. But I want to talk to us over the next four weeks about uh, our mental health, about what is going on in our mind, about the anxiety, the depression, the fear, the, the, the worry that a lot of us are facing on a daily basis. And I want to encourage you, don't miss a single week of this series because I believe that God wants to remove some things for your life and he wants to input some things in your life. So why don't you grab those sermon notes that are on your chair as we get ready to dive into a message that I think is going to speak to a lot of us because it's something that I've struggled with for a long time. And I'm going to guess it's going to be something that you have struggled with as well in life. And, it, and I want to talk to us about our, our thought life. I want to talk to you about what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before. Like, what are you thinking? But I remember being six or seven years old. Uh, my mom had just gotten a new car. We were driving on the road and, and a vehicle in front of us, uh, some fluid leaked out of it and got onto my mom's car. 
And I remember getting home, I told my mom, mom, I'm gonna wash your car for you. And so as a six or seven year old, I went in the garage, I grabbed a bucket, I went into our kitchen, I grabbed a sponge and I grabbed something called steel wool that, that because that's how we scrub pots and pans. And, and so I brought that out, I soaked up a bucket, I, I washed the car with the soap, with the sponge. And then I thought, you know what? I need to make sure that this is really, really clean and that all this stuff's off. So so I grabbed the steel wool and I started scrubbing her paint with it. I scrubbed so much of her paint that I took off the clear coat. I took off the paint. I washed that car so good. I rinsed it off. I dried it off. I went inside and I said, mom, you got to come out and check out your car. I just got finished washing it. And when she walked out, she looked at the car and she looked at me and she said, what are you thinking? As I think back to my middle school and high school days and I, I look at the outfits that I wore and I look at the hairstyles that I had, I, I'm like, what were you thinking? I'll never forget our first Christmas uh, as, as a married couple. I decided, you know what, for Christmas, I'm gonna do something really special for Shayla. And I decided to go clothes shopping for my wife's Christmas present. Yeah, like the wives are all like, <laughs> you're an idiot. And so I went, I, I spent all of this money. I thought, man, she is gonna, she's gonna love this. this she's gonna think, man, that he was thinking about me. He thought these would look good. I remember as she's opening the boxes, there was not Christmas spirit there. There was no joy there. In fact, she didn't say this, but I know in her mind, she was thinking, what were you thinking? And today, I think we have to have a moment where we talk about our thought life, because I don't know if you've realized this, but studies have shown that we can think up to 80,000 thoughts in a given day. So wives, when you ask your husband, what are you thinking? And he says nothing, he's lying to you. He's thinking about something he just doesn't want to tell you. And it says out of those, 80% of them are negative thoughts. That's why we have a negative life, because we have negative thoughts. So we have to learn how to overcome this because most of life's battles are won or lost in our minds. So if we're going to get to the root issue today, we have to realize that if we want to have victory externally in life, then we have to get victory internally. And it starts right here in our minds. And I love something about the Bible. I love the fact that the Bible is so practical and it's so relevant and it brings solutions to every area of our life. And the Bible talks extensively about how we think. In fact, there's a guy named Paul. He wrote about a third of the New Testament and he writes extensively about our thought life. And, and the reason he was so extensive in it because he was dealing with the worry. He was dealing with the fear. He was dealing with the same anxiety that we have today. And so Paul addresses these issues over and over and over again. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. So, so when, when somebody starts an argument with you, you don't argue the same way back to them because we don't, we don't wage war the same way the world does. He says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish 
strongholds. Now, there's two words that I, I want us to focus on. The one is divine power, so it's the power, and the other one is this word stronghold. Now, the word power is actually the Greek word dunamis, and it, and it means explosive. It, it's like when it arrives on the scene, when this power happens, everything changes. It's like, it's like the power of God. When Jesus showed up on the scene and laid hands on the blind man or prayed for this person to be healed, there was like, boom, an explosive change that took place, the miraculous power of God was on display. In fact, the word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite. It means like nobody can deny it. It's not something you're just conjuring up in your mind. Like it's undeniable that something has changed and not only can you see it, but everybody else can see it as well. So God says he's given us divine dynamite power to do what? To demolish strongholds. And strongholds are, are a military term for a fortress built in the middle of a city. So I want you to connect this because this is important. So they had cities and around the cities, there were, there were fortified walls protecting the city, but inside of the city, there was another structure that, that would be called the stronghold. And it would have walls that were 30 foot tall. It would be an impenetrable place where they would put the king or the ruler or the military leader so that they would not be captured. And Paul says, what he's saying here is, is God is going to give you divine power to invade even the difficult strongholds in life. So what this is a picture of, the city is a picture of our mind and the stronghold is the picture of the thought that we have yet to have victory over in our life. And listen, I've got good news for the church of Jesus Christ today. What you can't find victory over, Jesus has already defeated and he wants to defeat in your life as well. And so how do we learn how to have victory over these things? Paul goes on to say in verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. And today, for some of you, today is going to be the day that that thought that has kept you captive is no longer your captive. And then what do you do when you take it captive? You make it obedient to Christ. We have to learn how to take care of our thoughts. In fact, cognitive behavioral psychology shows us that a lot of the problems that we're dealing with all begin right here in how we process the things that are going through our mind. It says the eating disorders that we're facing, the anxiety that's overwhelming us, the relational problems we have, the depression that is going on in our life. It says it's all deeply rooted in our mind. And this is interesting because the Bible has been saying this all along. It says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you start up here in your mind, what is going on in your mind is actually going to begin to dictate your life. I wrote it down like this. As the mind goes, the man follows. So if you want your life to change, it's got to start with your mind and it starts with how you are thinking because our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. That's how they're moving. So, so if you say to yourself, like, I, I, I'm never going to get a promotion. 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 Guess what? You're never going to get a promotion. 
If you say to yourself, I'm never going to find somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to find somebody, I'm never going to find somebody, I'm never going to find someone, guess what? You're never going to find someone. And I would say to you, take your head out of the sand and look around because there's a lot of single people at Coastal Community Church that are good looking and love Jesus, that are single and ready to mingle. In fact, you might want to, no, don't identify yourself right now. But you have to change your mind to change your life. That's why Henry Ford said it like this. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So for a lot of us to overcome the battle in our mind, it has to start there to find freedom in our lives. So how do we do that? How do we get victory in our mind? Because we have these strongholds that are saying, I'm never going to have a good marriage. I, I, I'm never going to amount to anything. God never hears my prayers. I'm never going to achieve success. My des best days are behind me. So we have to take these strongholds and go, how do we find victory? Three things for you today. Number one is this, is we have to begin to audit our thoughts. Audit our thoughts. What this is called, this is called metacognition. Metacognition is simply you have to think about what you are thinking about. We have got to begin to think about what we are thinking about because for so many of us, what we do is we just allow any thought to come into our mind and we allow it to run rampant in our mind without ever thinking about the consequences of it. And a lot of us are ending up in destinations that we never intended because we weren't paying attention to what we were thinking about. Let me prove it to you. I'll prove it with my own life. This, this week, I was at a lunch with a guy, and, and I finished lunch, and I got in my car, and, and I started driving. And then the next thing I realized, I was sitting in our church parking lot. Anybody ever had a day like that where you just like, you just miraculously went from one location to the next location, and you have no idea how you got there? I'm like, did I hit anybody? Did I run a kid over? Like, has the cop with the lights been on the entire time I've been driving? Why? Because I wasn't thinking about what I should have been thinking about, and I let my mind wander, which is why you have to audit your thoughts. And here's why that's important, because we cannot defeat what we don't define. You're never going to defeat what you don't define. So if you want to have victory in your life, you've got to be able to define it. Like, what is that thought that I keep thinking that is not supposed to be what I'm thinking? So I have to audit my thoughts. And I have some questions that I ask myself when I'm trying to audit my thoughts. One of those questions is, are my thoughts negative? Like, some of you guys are negative Nancy or negative Nick, and everything you are is negative, 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 negative. You're just prone to negative. Your spouse will go, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful day. The sun's out, blue skies, and you'll be like, well, that just means I'm not going to get my grass water today. <laughs> You're just negative. Or, or, or they'll be like, man, life is so good. And you're like, but we're all dying slowly. You're just negative. Nobody wants to be around a negative 
person and you have to learn how to change it. But the problem is, is so many of our thoughts are negative. They're fear-based instead of faith-based. They're panicked instead of peaceful. And it's all rooted in negativity. I'm never gonna get that job. I'm not gonna find the spouse. I'm never gonna achieve the dream. It's never, never negative, negative, negative. You have to root it out and you have to realize, are my thoughts negative? Here's another one. Are my thoughts worldly? Are my thoughts worldly? So many of our thoughts are rooted in this worldly perspective. How do I look? Like, is this the right filter for this post? So they, they get my good side and they, it has the right shimmer. Like, what are people gonna think about me? Am I gaining enough followers? What do people think about my car? Is it nice enough? Is it clean enough? How do I get more money? How do I get a bigger house? How do I get more, 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 and more? And your whole life is rooted in a worldly mentality and you become worldly, why? Because your thoughts were worldly. So we have to evaluate that. How about this one, are my thoughts critical? And this is very different than negative. Negative is about yourself. Critical is about other people. It's judging. It's, you're the skeptical person of everybody out there. Like some of y'all are looking up here and you're going, oh, oh, he's got a jacket on today. What's he hiding? What sin is in his life? There's probably a lot because I'm a sinner. Just being honest. Just like you're a sinner. Like, why are we so judgy? Like, like why are we so critical of other people? Like somebody, when you got coffee out there, the Coastal Cafe, you're like, oh, they handed me my, 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 my latte weird. They must not like me. I wonder what they were thinking about me. Let me tell you what they're thinking about you. They're not. <laughs> they're thinking about themselves because we're selfish. Stop being so critical of people. Nobody's out to get you. Like, listen, not every politician is bad. Well, there's got to be one or two that are, okay. <laughs> well, that church hurt me. Well, not everyone's going to hurt you. So, so, so what we have to do we, is we, we got to find a good filter instead of the filter we've always had. And I love that Paul gives us another filter because he's trying to help us have victory. He says in Philippians 4, 8, he, this is what he says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Paul says, man, here's what you have to do. You have to begin to take your thought life and, and you go, man, you filter it through. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? And he pauses and he says, man, after you've gone through that filter, if it's those things, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about such things. You want to know what you should be thinking about? Here it is. This changes everything because if we'll take off the thoughts that are in our mind right now and we'll just begin to audit them based on this because you gotta remember what I said, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
And so if you're thinking about what is true and what is noble and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable and what's excellent or praiseworthy, here's what happens as you begin to think about that because as a man thinks, so is he. Here's what happens. You become true. You become noble. You become right. You become pure. You become lovely. You become admirable. You become excellent and praiseworthy because you're thinking about those things. You're becoming those things. So how do you change your life? You begin to change your thoughts. So we have to audit our thoughts. Then in verse 5, going back to 2 Corinthians, it says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now look at how aggressive that language is. It says our arguments, and, and we have to take some things captive. Look at how strong those words are. He's telling us, man, we have to deal with our thoughts, and so we have to audit our thoughts. And then number two, we have to argue with our thoughts. Some of us, we got to begin to get aggressive with our thought life. We're not just going to allow them to sit there and just meander and just, just soak in that situation. No, 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 We actually have to find a solution to deal with the thoughts that are coming in our lives. Because if we want to have a positive life, we've got to have a, negative, uh, a positive not mind. If we are living a negative life, we've probably got a negative mind. So how do we change it? For a lot of us, our solution has been, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just not going to be negative anymore. I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to be negative. And here's the problem. Not being negative doesn't work. In fact, I'll, I'll prove it to you here today. I, I need 100% participation in this room. I need 100% participation at Lighthouse Point. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to not, whatever, this is like, I need this. I need you to not, do not, do not, do not, do not with all of your power and might and strength. Do not think about the best donut you've ever ate. I don't want you to think about it. Do not think about that dandy donut that is perfect. Do not think about that Krispy Kreme donut that is hot and now that came off the conveyor belt with sugar all over it. And when you put it in your mouth, it just melts in your mouth. Do not think about that donut with chocolate and sprinkles on it. Do not, whatever you do, do not think about that, Bo that Boston cream donut that you ate in and squirt it out on the side of your, do not think about, do not think about, Lighthouse, do not think about, light, do not think about donuts. Now, in the last 15 seconds, how many of you guys would be honest enough to say, I thought about a donut in the last 15 seconds. Come on, raise your hands. Okay. The majority of you. Why? Because just trying to have willpower doesn't work. If that was the case, we'd all be perfect in life. And because you take it, I'm not going to, you take it a negative thing and you try not to be negative. But I don't know if you've realized this, but we have a propensity to go towards negativity. That's why we love 24-hour news. We love negative, negative, negative. That's why we love gossip. Ladies. <laughs> so let's play around. I want, I, I, I want to try this again. Here's what I want you to do. This time, I want you to think about the best steak you've ever ate in your life. I'm talking about T-bone. I'm talking about filet mignon. I'm talking about the best 
steak that you, I'm talking about a ribeye. I'm talking about a, a tomahawk steak, the best steak you've ever ate in your life. Think about the best steak. And for all the vegetarians out there, I'm sorry. I like, I think about the best plants that you ever ate <laughs> that my cow ate. And then I killed it and ate that steak. Okay. Think, think about that. I'm just trying to help you out here. Participation. In fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Shayla and I got some gift certificates at the steakhouse, and man, we went there, and they, they seared this steak with this like crust that was incredible with the seasoning, and, and when they served it to us, it had like the butter melting on top of it, and when, when we started cutting it open, and, like we cut it with a butter knife, and it just kind of fell open. When you put it in your mouth, they had all of this. It's like what the table of heaven is going to be like was there. Now, now with, with a show of hands, how many of you guys in the last 15 seconds thought about a steak and not a donut? Yeah. Why? Why, why? why would you do that? It's because we don't sit there and try not to think negative thoughts. You actually replace negative thoughts. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, do not become overcome by evil, but you overcome donuts with steak. <laughs> it's right there in scripture. <laughs> you see how that works? God designed our minds so the only way you find victory in your mind is to begin to replace your thoughts. Listen, you can't argue with the bad thought if you don't know the God thought. And so many of us in church today are, are frustrated because we don't know what to replace the negative thoughts with. It's one of the reasons why we tell you to come to church every week, come to church. It's one of the reasons why we tell you get in God's word every day. One of the reasons why we tell you to get in God's word every day is because I don't know if you realize this or not, but God has 7,487 promises specifically from God to humanity for each and every one of us. Like God actually wants to give you what he is thinking about and what he says about you. And here's what happens when you get God's thought, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we have to know the, the truth because the greatest weapon to overcome your negative thoughts is to know what God thinks about you. And here's the problem for some of us. Some of us have, have had a, a, a skewed view of what God thinks about us. And so we think God is angry with us. We think God is mad at us. We think God doesn't want anything to do with us. And that's not what my Bible says at all. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, God says it like this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says God. They're thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. So what God is actually thinking about you is he's thinking about your future. He's thinking about how he wants to give you peace. He's thinking about how he wants to be a help for you. He's not thinking about the situation you're in. He's thinking about the situation he wants you to be in. And so what we have to do is we have to begin to argue with our thoughts and go, man, here is what I think. And then we got to replace it with what does God 
think. In fact, I, I was thinking about it this week. What are some of the thoughts that I hear all the time from people? I hear people tell me all the time, I'm a mistake. I'm a mistake. Like, I'm a failure. I'm never going to make it. Everything I do, I, I just, I'm a mistake. I, I'm a constant mistake. But, but that's what we think. But what does God say? God says, man, no, 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 you're not a mistake. He says that we're actually God's masterpiece. You're not a mistake. You're a masterpiece. You know what that means? That you're, you're not worthless. You're actually priceless. See, we need to get rid of our thought and begin to replace it with God's thought. How about this one? This is a thought that I think all the time. This is going to fail. This is what I think every week about the message that I'm preparing. Like, this is going to fail. Like, ain't nobody going to think this is funny. Nobody's going to think that this is good. They're not going to think this is relevant. Like, this is going to be an epic fail. And a lot of you, you think that about your life. But you know what God says? And, and this one's too big. I already broke the little bubble thing. So you'll just have to bear with me. It's going to stay right here. God says, man, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or soar away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? See, you, you, you think you're a failure and God's going, man, you, you got more value because I've already told you that you're a masterpiece. And if I'm taking care of birds, don't you think I'm going to take care of your situation and your situation and your marriage and your finances and your health? Like God's got this. We got to replace our thoughts. How, how about this one as we're getting ready to go into a health challenge? I hate how I look. And if we're honest, probably most of us get in the mirror every day and we go, man, I, I hate this double chin. I hate how my eyes look. I've got rolls, and I'm not supposed to have rolls. I hate how I dress. I hate my hair. I hate my lack of hair. And we're telling ourselves, you know what? I'm ugly. And that's our thought. You know what God says? He says, man, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, you're not, I don't know who told you you're ugly, but God says, man, I made you wonderfully. Like, I made you perfect. I, I made you in my image. Like, you are the image of God. We gotta begin to replace our thought with God's thought. How about this one? I, I hear this a lot. Man, God is just so far away. God just feels so distant. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure, like, where, where he is. I just feel disconnected. That's our thought, but you've got to remember what God says. It says in Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near. So God's not far away from you. He's actually right next to you. You've got to begin to replace your thought with the God thought. And so what we have to do is we have to audit our thoughts and we have, we have to begin to argue with our thoughts. And then it says in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, not to what we want or some happy thought. We put it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we aren't doing this on our own. So how do we do this? Number three, we gotta ask God to transform our thoughts. We have to invite God 
into the way that we think because so many of us, our thought process is broken, but he created us, which means he can transform us. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Listen, your mind will never be transformed until your life is offered to God. Some some of you guys, you want positive stuff in your life. It begins with submitting your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He says, this is your true and proper worship. But it doesn't stop there because once you get saved in here, there needs to be some transformation up here. I know a lot of Christians that have given their heart to Jesus, but their mind has never been given to Jesus. That's why you have to continue reading in in verse 2. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. It's the goal. So we'd be transformed by how? Renewing our mind. Because the same Holy Spirit that saves you right here wants to transform you up here. So we have to have God to change this. And how does God change this? He changes this through prayer. It's one of the reasons why we're doing 21 days of prayer right now as a church from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. at both of our locations because we know that we need the power of God in our lives. And here's what prayer does. Prayer invites God to defeat the thoughts that are defeating you. It invites God into the, the mind and to do some things. And I'm believing God in a because I think some of you guys have been so harassed and so abused and the onslaught of thoughts have been so nonstop in your life. And we're going to invite God and his dunamis explosive power into that stronghold in your life. And we're going to see him bring victory there. We're going to take captive those thoughts and we're going to begin to make them obedient to Christ. Here's why. And here's how we do that. We do it through prayer. That's why Peter says, humble yourselves. What is that doing? It's going, God, I'm going to realize that I can't do this. And so I'm going to bring it to you. That's a humility position. He says, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Some of you guys are down right now and God wants to lift you up. How do you do that? You do it through prayer. He goes, cast all of your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. I'll never forget when we were starting this church 13 years ago. First two or three years were so, so difficult. So overwhelming. I felt so unqualified. I felt like I was never doing a good job. In fact, I would get so anxious and so overwhelmed and so stressed that I would physically make myself sick where I would have migraines. And then our church started growing and I'm like, man, I'm so inadequate to be this pastor. Like if these people ever knew that I don't really have any idea what I'm doing, which I still don't have any idea what I'm doing, just FYI. Like they would, in my mind, I thought to myself, they would just discover that I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud because I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm figuring it out along the way. And I remember just being in this season where I was just so overwhelmed and, and having this moment with God where, where God just like 
he just had this conversation with me. And he said, TJ, if I called you to pastor Coastal, then there is nobody on this planet that I think they can do it better than you can. There's nobody better to do it than you are. And so I don't know what God has called you to do. I don't know what struggle you have or insecurity you have in your mind. But, but right now, I'll just say that if God has called you to that business, if God has called you to this church, if God has called you to that friendship, if God has called you to that marriage, if God has called you to start that ministry, if God has called you to lead that team, if God has called you to come up with this creative, creative idea, I don't know what insecurity you have, but if God called you to it, there's not a single person on the planet that is better equipped to do it than you are. you got to get rid of your thought and start to replace it with the God thoughts. And listen, I preached all of this for this moment right here where we're going to begin to take captive some thoughts. And we're going to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be evident in your life here today. That he's going to do something that only he can do. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, because this is a moment between you and God, where that thought, and you know that thought that has been harassing you over and over and over again. I need you to think about that thought right now. Because we have got to audit our thoughts because if we can't defeat it, if we don't define it. And now we're going to begin to argue with that thought because it is not what God says about us. God says that he's given us the power to do what he's called us to do, that he will lead us into victory, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We will walk in victory of every area of our life. Now I just want you to take your right hand and put it on your forehead like this, and I want you to pray over your thought life right now. I want to pray over it. God, we thank you right now for the dunamis power that can invade every stronghold that's out there. So I pray over your church. We cast down every vain imagination and anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought right now and make it obedient to Christ. God, if it isn't in your thoughts, it should never be in our thoughts. We will only think what is true and what is noble and what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable. Whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, we thank you that you are renewing our mind right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, move like you've never moved before. We thank you for the change and the transformation that's taking place not only in our hearts, but in our minds right now. And God, I want to pray for one other group. Maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. You've got to remember, if you want to change your mind, it begins with God having your heart. And today is maybe the day that you need to surrender your heart to Jesus. And here's what I know is that God loves you and God's got a plan for you. But sin separates us from God. And the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin, which is our mistakes, our screw-ups, our mess-ups, the wages of our sin is death. But God didn't want to leave us in the lurch. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the gift that God gave is his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death so that you and I could experience life and have it more abundantly. So that we could have freedom in our minds and wholeness in our hearts. And maybe you're out there today and I'm not talking about rules or religion, but you need to experience a relationship with God. It begins with a simple yet significant prayer.
of surrender. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you're right here in Parkland or in Lighthouse Point, if that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Yes, ma'am, I see you. One, two, three. Who else? Just slip your hand up. Yes, I see you back there. Four, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, five, thank you. Yes, I see you back there. Six, thank you. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, God, thank you for loving me so much that you would give the ultimate gift of your son. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present, and secure my future. I surrender my will and I surrender my way. God, I choose to follow you. Fill me with your love and your joy and your peace and your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your mercy all the days of my life. I love you here today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen.